Welcome back to the Medical Republic podcast. I'm Felicity Nelson. Our first episode for 2020 will be with you in a week or so, but I wanted to start the year by speaking with some GPs who've been affected by the bushfires. So I've lined up a few interviews, which I'm going to bring you one by one as little bonus episodes. First up, I'm speaking with a GP from Walwa, which is a town in northeastern Victoria. A fortnight ago, a fire jumped the river on the New South Wales border and headed straight for Walwa. The weather conditions have meant that fires have been an ongoing threat. It's been a really stressful time for this small town. They had a number of evacuations. At one point, there were over 70 firefighters in the town. Luckily, there have only been minor injuries to the people, but the emotional toll has been huge and lots of farm animals have perished in the fire. Dr. David Hunt is a semi-retired GP who works as a locum in the Northern Territory and occasionally fills in at the local clinic in his hometown of Walwa. He was there in the town responding to the fires. Hi, Dr. Hunt. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleased to be here. Can you fill our listeners in on what's been happening in Walwa? Uh, Walwa's been under under fire threat since uh, New Year's Eve when a lightning strike started started a fire uh, to the northern forests. in New, in New South Wales, that uh, quickly spread and jumped the Murray River into Victoria at about um, a place about 14 kilometres uh, east uh, west of Wawa, and that fire uh, then um, raced um, on a um, southeast trajectory for uh, for a long for a long way. Um, our um, our own property was uh, threatened, and uh, uh, by that fire. It but fortunately, we uh, saved our house and sheds. But um, uh, many, uh, of course, that fire's now uh, gone uh, all the way to Tom and, and probably by this stage has joined up with the Gippsland fires, I think. So it's a very big fire. Mm. Uh, Walwood itself uh, was thought um, to, has, um, has, not, uh, has not been directly affected by, by the burning. The nearest, the nearest it's come to the town is probably about uh, a kilometre away. There have been no houses lost in the Wawa Township itself, which is great. It's been a very social time, as, uh, as well as most of the town uh, come to the Bush Nursing Centre and to eat and uh, to have their meals, because, of course, no food has been able to get into the town until recently, uh, and, and until, a few, until the beginning of this week there were, uh, there were no communications at all because the landlines were out, the power was out, uh, mobiles, the mobile tower was out, so we had uh, at the beginning of the time, of the time that I've been here, we had no no communications at all apart from satellite tones. Um, so when people came to the Bush Nursing Centre, they were able to exchange news, and that was about the only news that we were getting. Wow, totally off the grid. <laughs> that must be very unusual and strange. <laughs> yes, yeah, so of course, it's not the only place it's been like that, but. Uh, but um, We've gradually got the services back. Uh, SP Osnet has been uh, amazing, I think, really, in the, with the re- in the rapidity with which they've been able to uh, replace uh, burnt-out power poles. You know, we're now back on the grid as far as power goes. Uh, we got our landlines back, and um, and that's been a that's been a tremendous thing. Uh, just being able to call out. One thing, you know, the, the CFA workers here have just been amazing. The local the local fire brigade, CFA brigade, were on their feet for 
uh, probably three days non-stop, I think. And what's it been like at the clinic as a GP? Well, it's been interesting because usually this, when I worked here, it's been pretty busy, you know, you have your appointments, waiting rooms, always there's always someone in the waiting room. But because um, because we had no communications, um, because we didn't have any booked appointments, or we did, but no one turned up for them because they couldn't they couldn't get through because the roads were closed. And um, and so initially it was um, sort of uh, quiet. You know, we're just seeing occasional uh, you know minor you know, a string of minor minor injuries like blisters and small burns from firefighters. Um, but uh, what we're seeing now, you know, now that we've got the communications back, um, we're seeing it's a bit like more like a usual practice. I'm seeing an reasonable number of people, people each day. Um, but I think what what I'm beginning to see is the emotional and psychological aftermath of of the fires. You know, there are some people who have, there are certainly people that are devastated because they've lost uh, lost their homes and uh, and lost a lot of property. Um, property and stock but there's also those people who uh, really haven't lost anything material but who've been running on adrenaline uh, like some of our volunteers um, really hyped up really working very hard and efficiently and then when when the uh, risk drops like it has the last couple of days suddenly that adrenaline's gone and people are just feeling flat and down and can't work out why they're feeling miserable and they should be feeling good uh, so that's interesting to be. It's interesting to be a part of that. And what do you think's going to happen in the following days and weeks um, in terms of some of the patients that are coming through the door? Yeah, well, I think too. You know, we've had this magnificent team of volunteers, and it is it is hard for some of those people because just just in the last couple of days, you said, well, we don't really need volunteers anymore. So some of these people that have been really uh, really brilliant in the way that helped to sort of back home. Just thinking, oh, I'm not needed anymore. So I think, I think um, we're going to have to work out uh, how to uh, how to make those people feel feel wanted again. Um, and I mean, we had no plan, no plan for this um, for this for this sort of occasion. You know, the bush nursing centre hasn't been designated as a safer place. Um, it just it just all happened, you know. It was the place that people started to bring donations to, so it was the place. It became the place that people came to eat and to, uh, and we did have facilities to feed people. So it's just been a sort of organic um, evolution, you know, a very fast organic evolution of of turning turning what was a medical clinic into a into a into a place of refuge and um, and sucker. Yeah. And one more thing, I think that's. Uh, one thing that uh, we're right on the border on the Murray with um, uh, New South Wales and just eight kilometres away from us is the little township of Gingelic and uh, while we're in Gingelic are quite closely bonded really um, but um, and they had the fire you know, the rural fire service in Gingelic had uh, in New South Wales used Gingelic as a uh, as a centre and um, uh, but there's been no communication between, there's virtually no communication between Walra and uh, between Victoria and New South Wales with these fires, especially when we didn't have phones and all that sort of thing. Um, and when we were told to evacuate, we were told to go to Kyong, but we knew that that road wouldn't be safe. So, uh, but they had no information of Victorian 
police had no information at all about the roads in New South Wales and the road north to um, uh, to Holbrook has been um, open and safe nearly nearly all the time. So that's the way locals have been were at one stage going uh, going out to Albury, but you couldn't find that out from Victorian police because they didn't know anything about New South Wales. In fact, level of um, lack of communication across the border that has probably been there since Federation, but we really do need to do something about it. Mm, absolutely, it kind of throws that in a very harsh light um, when these kinds of events occur. That's right. I mean, even the um, you know, the RFS. Uh, fire service in New South Wales use different radio frequencies to the ones in uh, to the CFA in Victoria, and actually they cannot talk to each other on, on radio by radio. The two services, which is appalling, uh, really, um, and that's been one of the problems. You know, when you have no other means, when the phones are down and everything else, they, you know, and a fire that's jumping the river and moving backwards and forwards, the two services have no way of speaking to each other. Mm, and did you have some kind of system in place at the evacuation centre where people could um, go see a doctor if they needed to? Oh yes, absolutely, yeah. Any, anyone, and the, anyone that asked to see a doctor could because you know, initially it wasn't very busy as far as the practice went, uh, but also the nurses had were keeping an eye, eye out for anyone that looked, looked upset or um, anyone that was limping or had, a, had, a, had anything wrong with them and uh, I, I saw them between us, the nurses and I. For all those people. Mm, so you were sort of working at the evacuation centre as a GP. Well, you know, well, that's right. The evacuation. Well, it was an unofficial evacuation centre. We've seen a lot of farmers, uh, and there are a lot of farmers who uh, got their homes in, in this area. Very few farmers in this area have lost their lost their homes, but but of course, what they have lost is stock, and uh, and and it's very distressing for them having to put down um, burnt stock. And also the disposal of uh, dead, uh, dead cattle is um, something that's had to be managed. Um, it's been dug. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything more depressing. It would, that would be so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so just to wrap up, are there some thoughts that you have about specific things that GPs in areas like yours um, where disasters are, are occurring and things are very chaotic, um, are there some things that, that GPs can start to think about in terms of um, getting their patients more prepared or their clinics more prepared for these kinds of events in the future? Yeah. Yeah, well, the first thing I, I think is, uh, and I, I think both the FRACGP and uh, an ACM have uh, sort of been moving on this, is that in the larger centres where you've got very, <coughs> in, in the in those centres where you've got uh, uh, rural doctors that are trained trained for emergencies, uh, you know, in emergency uh, medicine, and there are many, many of us, uh, they they've been bypassed at a state level because because they're not part of the, I mean, because we come under federal legislation, um, and and there have been places where doc, doctors haven't been involved at all. Doctors are very capable. In this field, have not been and not been involved at all in treating the emergencies that do occur in, the, uh, in some of the town, in many of the towns that have been affected by bushfire. Uh, that didn't affect us here because basically we we've, we've just um, been um, uh, off the radar, really, as in completely uh, as far as the authorities are concerned until until just you know just just this week. And, uh, and so we've run our own, run our own show. Great. Well, thank you so much for um, joining.
joining me on the podcast uh, to talk about um, some of the experiences you've had. It's, I think, really important for your story and, and stories like yours to get out there just so that people know what's been happening and what needs to be done in the future. It's been a pleasure.